Hello, this is Margarita Hobbs. Welcome to Who Are the Creative People in Your Neighborhood, a podcast that highlights creative people who live and or work in Coquitlam, BC, Canada. In this episode, we talk with Damon Bradley Chang. Damon is an actor and performer of Asian-Canadian heritage who has played many roles, not only on stage but off stage as well. Although his first love is performing, his versatility and willingness to listen to his heart has led him to follow a very interesting career path. During his interview, we find out about how Damon's upbringing has had an impact on his life and career choices, how his transferable skills have allowed him to land roles and given him opportunities in theatre and arts, and how his passion for advocating for his fellow Asian Canadians has inspired him to found a new group called the Asian Canadian Artists Alliance. Damon, when did you first fall in love with the performing arts? My mom started taking me to see shows. Um, we went to go see Phantom of the Opera when it was touring at the Queen E. And uh, she used to work at Burnaby North. And so she used to take me to all of the um, the high school shows there. So we saw like Annie in Greece and Oklahoma. And I knew from a really young age when I saw them on stage that that's, that's what I wanted to do. I think it was 1994. So I was, I would have been nine years old that I saw a production of Greece at Burnaby North. And in fact, I remember that the lead actor who played Danny Zuko was, was Asian. And so I remember thinking to myself, well, you know, here's this like cool Asian guy playing like the lead in the musical. Surely this is something that I can do as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I started taking dance classes and, and singing classes and, uh, and musical theater classes and, uh, sort of that that was the that was the beginning so your parents were supportive of your choices and interests my mom was definitely supportive she wanted me to explore that side of creativeness for me my dad was more uh he he encouraged it but he also wanted to make sure that you know I was kind of doing everything as a kid you know how some kids just like when they go, when they get into something, they're like, their entire life is just that thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, They wanted me to balance it with like swimming and ice skating and camping. And um, I, I got a chance to be exposed to a little bit of everything. So, uh, so as, as much as they were supportive, they were also supportive of me being well-balanced and well versatile uh, as a kid. Can you tell us about your schooling? When I first left high school, I had gotten into Studio 58 uh, at Langara College, and I did that program for a year, um, and I realized that it wasn't really for me. Uh, I was really young at the time, and the, and the training was really intense, and I wasn't really connecting with it, so they had, um, and this is something that they had, uh, they, they do quite often, is they, they sometimes ask you to take a term off, or you know, to, to kind of find yourself or like get a little bit more life skills. And I took that as kind of a sign. And um, I decided to enroll at Capilano University because it just had a brand new music theater program. In 2012, they had announced that they were developing a brand new university program that was sort of a complement to our training at CAP. And it was um, a university degree. So we basically, essentially, we'd, we'd have a degree. And, and that was always one of my, my parents' lofty mm-hmm. goals for me. It's like to make sure it's like, doesn't matter what you do in the arts, 
as long as you have a degree to fall back on. So the course at Cap University was a more well-rounded type of curriculum. I would be able to utilize skills not only just in the arts, but it was uh, business-centric as well, too. Mm. So administrative-centric. I would be able to learn a little bit about multidisciplinary skills apart from just performance. After your first stint at CAP, you joined Vancouver Asian Canadian Theatre under Joyce Lam. Can you tell us about that experience? Uh, it was in my final year that there was, there was myself, there was a uh, Korean girl, and then there is a, a mixed uh, Chinese uh, Caucasian male in, in my grad, grad, graduating class. And so my teacher was telling me that they were going to do Flower Drum Song. And it was the very first time that, that any company in Vancouver was going to do a full production of that show. And so they said, oh, well, you guys should definitely audition for it. I know that I know the director, you know, you guys would be a shoot. And so we all as a, as a class before we even graduated auditioned and we were all cast in the show before we even graduated. So like basically right at, after graduation, we were we, we went right into rehearsal for for that show. And it was our first paid show. So it was a success. But we had huge turnout i mean we had we had people who don't normally come to the theater from richmond come and see the show just because it was flower drum song why was your time at vact or vancouver asian canadian theater so important to you at the time like joyce lamb had a strong and, and, and still does has a strong vision of making theater accessible for Asian Canadians, making the visibility of Asian Canadians much wider. It showed the society and it showed that, you know, Asians can be funny. And, you know, like that was the, I think that was the biggest thing. After VACT and after you got your degree at Cap University, you had gigs performing, you did other things as well. Can you tell us about that? I was still focusing on performing but I also had this new appreciation and deeper love for administration work and for publicity uh, actually so I started to do I started to work for companies as um, as a freelance publicist and in, in the marketing departments and so you know it was a it was a kind of a balance between there from administrative work at directing choreographing and also being a performer sometimes when I sometimes the universe is kind of funny when when you wanted to focus on one area, then all of a sudden opportunities open up in, a compl- in, a, in the other area, you know, mm-hmm. when I decided, okay, I'm going to just focus on doing marketing and publicity or administration, then all of a sudden acting right. opportunities come up for me. So, so yeah, so that I was basically doing, I've been doing that steadily ever since the, uh, really the, the last couple years. And then I took a little bit of a hiatus from, 2017 to about to about now uh just just last year from from performing and because they wanted to focus really on directing acting choreographing uh or not not acting directing choreographing producing uh so I started my own theater company Uh, I was working for different groups as a freelance marketer I was teaching quite a bit um at a you know dance schools so that was pretty much my life I was it, it was hard to find moments to act because I was teaching and I was producing and I was directing and choreographing pretty much full-time so I put acting on the back burner a little bit. But another acting opportunity popped up again just recently isn't that right? Just this last year 
when opportunity kind of came up where um, it was a company in the Fraser Valley and an actor had broken their collarbone and uh, they uh, a the woman who was a chore- choreographer is a dance teacher and she'd know me from the dance world and she said hey oh my gosh you know we need someone to come and fill in for this role it's for the role of Pepper and Mamma Mia we opened a few weeks mm-hmm. can you do it and I'm like I had to I had to find people to fill my classes I had to do a lot of moving around and so they ended up paying me to do it uh because I was taking so much time off of work but I did it and and it reminded me that I had that mentality I had that brain to be able to jump into performing Mm -hmm. again because I hadn't performed really any big show for like four years so let's jump to your Facebook group the Asian Canadian Artists Alliance if that's okay with you how did that start um I was part of the Amer- uh, Asian American Performance uh, Alliance on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And that was a okay. group that is probably two or three member, like members strong. And I would start to see all of these, like, you know, news information about um, Asian Americans and, uh, and opportunities and things like that. And I, I remember searching around for Canadian groups and there wasn't a lot of Asian Canadian specific performance groups there was a couple but not a lot and so I knew with fact being an Asian Canadian theater company there was a company in in Toronto called uh, Fujin Theater which is also an in Asian centric company I'm like why isn't what like why isn't there a centralized place for Asian Canadian artists and so originally I created basically the the complementary group to the Asian American performance uh, alliance by creating it, the Asian Canadian Performance Alliance. But then I thought to myself, there is artistry that is far beyond just performance right. the, for Asian Canadians. You know, there there is um, painting as a medium. There is culinary arts. There's so many things that define Asian Canadians and their artistry. But they actually made a poll early on. I'm like, okay, what should we make the, the name Asian? Uh, and, and I had a bunch of different options. And the one resounding vote that people voted on was Asian Canadian Artists Alliance. I mean, it's it, it's still relatively small. It's uh, it's only about five or six hundred people so far. But I think that, you know, it's it's growing all the time mm-hmm. um, and people are starting to utilize it and engage in it. In fact, I had. A, a colleague tell me they're like I'm so glad that you made this that you that you formed this group because I think that it's really great to have a centralized group that we can be posting and asking questions and sharing stories and uh, you know and 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 news articles and and things like that. So it's a community like so, like sort of a hub that mm-hmm. you know we can we can go to acknowledge that just because also within the last year. I've become really passionate about uh, after uh, matter the the decrying of of systemic racism and decolonization and the accessibility of safe spaces for BIPOC individuals. Something that I had always had in the back of my mind about rep- accurate representation and um, and accessibility and things like that, but never so much more. Than this particular year, and for example, I mean, I, I I'm I'm happy to say that I've gotten I've actually gotten a lot of 
unique different opportunities because these white presenting artistic leaders are opening up spaces yeah. or that they're trying to be more um diverse or they're or they're making a they're making a bigger commitment to being more inclusive talking about opportunities that you've gotten you seem to have been able to come by these opportunities even when you're not really seeking them out what do you say about that i would say to be open to versatility and to be open to the possibilities of all kinds of opportunities some might argue that if you spread yourself too thin you're not going to you know you're you're jack of all trades you're the master of none and to an extent i do believe in that sentiment a little bit but i also have for myself have had the luxury of being able to have done a multitude of different things in my career that if i was to be hit by a bus today i would have no regrets you know like mm-hmm. i have done a many different things in in my career over the last 10 15 years or 20 20 so years i i guess less than 20 years i i would guess since i started really working on this craft professionally so for people who wish to pursue a career in the performing arts or any other artistic career what would you advise them i would say that to to try, you know go in go and pursue your passion find out what you're good at and be open to the idea that you can use other skills to get yourself to get your foot in the door transferable def- skills yeah transfer yeah exactly transferable mm-hmm. skills i've definitely used a lot of transferable skills to get my foot in the door and because i've gotten my foot in the door it's led to other kinds of opportunities in different areas so you know don't don't be don't be shy to say yes to to work that might not be what you originally like what you first thought of right so be open to the idea and say yes to an opportunity if it's unique and different that gets you in the door and then be also uh know when to say no know when to say no mm-hmm. to an opportunity when it when you don't think it's going to serve you what's coming next for you you know uh i'll i'll just quickly that i originally i thought i was going to go into teaching full time i know i'm going to be a really good drama teacher but then again like you said an opportunity had arisen yep the situation had changed circumstances had changed that i felt that i could make a greater impact mm-hmm. by by shifting my focus and that's when i decided to apply to grad school Mm-hmm. I applied to grad school and I'm shortlisted knock on wood that I'm putting it out in the universe I'm shortlisted for the school that I applied to in London uh for my my master of arts in in directing because what I want to do is I want to work professionally as a as a director but I also want to be able to teach because I love teaching mm-hmm. at a collegiate or university level Why do you think teaching is so important to you I will interject this again quickly that I didn't have a lot of Asian influences in terms of teachers right. growing up uh whether or not it was like in in university or outside of university there wasn't a lot mm-hmm. so i didn't realize until this year you know how that affected me to not mm-hmm. have to not to not have that person teaching me you know and have such a low amount of people at a college level you know i were 
yeah. in three in three years of of my schooling in three different classes of my musical theater class, there was less than ten of us, less right. than ten Asian like less than ten Asian performers, and I think that speaks to the idea that a lot of parents don't think that there's uh you know a, um, Asian performers should go into the arts professionally right yeah there's no there's there's a lack of representation on right. stage and on screen so they're like oh well we don't see ourselves in this so mm-hmm. we they don't, we don't even want consider to pursue it. it yeah yeah exactly they don't yeah. want to pursue it so I think that that's one thing that I want to change the, going to grad school is being able to work at a university uh being able to to work professionally as a director to be able to show to show the world that diversity is not an inclusion is not just visibility on stage but it's also backstage it's 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 designers it's directors it's administrators you know like an organization should be transparent and diverse not only visibly that the public can see but also what the public can't see i think that's what i really want to focus on I really admire the way you're going for what you want and believe in. Is there anything you'd like to say to those of us who are perhaps struggling or have fears regarding following their dreams? Go to theater school, follow your passion, go to film school, you know, go to music school, whatever your passion is in your artistry, go and pursue it, but also have the marketable skills to to help serve you as a, as a product. You are your own business. Pursue your passion, but also understand that marketable skills are very, very important in the workforce and uh, transferable skills are very yeah. important. You can still pursue your artistry, even if you're not doing it full time mm-hmm. with your, and using your transferable skills to supplement your income. You're not less of an artist if you have a different, if you have a different day job. And for our listeners who want to build community, what would you tell them? I think that for your listeners that want to create community, it's just about finding like-minded individuals that share your passion. You know, I've been really lucky that, you know, there's no, there's no shortage of, of Asian Canadians that I, I can be friends with and share my artistry with. But if you, if you're, if there are people that live in an area that, that isn't heavily populated by Asian performers or, or you're the only one in your small town, you know, however far reach your podcast goes, then I would say that the, the internet is a wonderful tool to engage. I've engaged with artists, Asian artists, over all over the world across Canada across North America in, in Europe um I've reached out to them and I've asked questions and I've I've made engagements and uh don't be afraid to don't be afraid to reach out and and just and ask people questions and and maybe they'll get back to you and maybe they won't but I mean I've had lots of people uh especially over the last year while we were in lockdown uh, performers and directors that I've reached out over Instagram or I've tweeted at and they've responded back to me and they were gracious with their time and they were able to, and they've engaged with me. So uh, don't be afraid to, to do that research and reach out. So we're coming towards the end of our chat. Can you tell our listeners who are interested in joining your Facebook group, what are the requirements? Is there a vetting system to join Asian Canadian Artists Alliance? 
It's actually really quite easy. Um, there's the, the only vetting system really is for is for bots uh, and and oh. for people who just want to to join just for the sake of joining. But I mean, I have a couple of moderators that are just, that kind of just like vet through. There's a couple of questions about like you know what is your what is your artistry like? Are you defined as Asian? And there was always a question about whether or not non-Asian people can join. And some people are like, you know, I asked the question to the group because, you know, I, it's not only my opinion. It, I want to mm-hmm. have other people. I asked other people, I'm like, what about non-Asian people? You know, because sometimes there are there are artistic leaders that that need a place to be able to find Asian participants mm-hmm. or like Asian performers or Asian designers or whatever. And so they just want a centralized group to post. And so people are like, oh, no, we need a safe space away from from non-Asian people. And I'm like, that that's po- true. But there's a lot of allyship in mm-hmm. uh, and, and co-conspirators in non-Asian people that want to that really want to promote and amplify our work. And so the people that are like that, I've allowed in, you know, we, we've allowed into the group obviously because they're just going they're allies you know they're they're people right. that want to that, that want to promote our work and want to embrace our artistry and want to hire us you know and like mm. there's i mean we can't forget that the industry while it's changing it's still it's still dominated by um yeah. caucasian people you know it's it's still led by caucasian people and so uh, a lot of people are changing, but some people aren't. Um, and mm-hmm. so we have to, the more allyship we get, the, the better. Thank you so much to Damon for chatting with us today at Who Are the Creative People in Your Neighborhood? I find his passion for his work moving and his enthusiasm for what he believes in infectious. I love the way he balances dreams with practicality and is able to give sound and realistic advice for navigating a career that is not easy to break into. If you'd like to learn more about Damon and his work, please visit the Asian Canadian Artists Alliance group on Facebook. Thanks for listening. Looking for more creative stories and inspiration? Visit the Who Are the Creative People in Your Neighborhood website at mtmhobs.com slash podcast. That's m-t-m-h-o-b-b-e-s dot com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the newsletter where you'll be kept up to date on upcoming episodes and other artist and creative news. 